0: Welcome to the uh, MSK Tech Sundays. Uh, so, we have some great uh, co hosts and guests here today. We have guest Jody from Torco Fuels here to share his knowledge on <laughs> ethanols, methanols, alcohol, you know, nitrometh, whatever we want to talk about. Um, and we have Adam Hudson from Mac TV as well. Um, just recently switched over, doing a lot of things with this truck. So, he's here to share with us. He's kind of new to it. And we have co-host L.L. Uh, J up there, um, and we have co-host Mark up there as well, too. And um, so welcome, everybody. And uh, if you guys got comments or questions along the way, go ahead and post those up on the side over there. And uh, we're going to get started here. And so what's, um, you know, I don't know. I have made some notes. I didn't know if you saw those at all. But I know a lot of people have a lot of
1: questions, so I can I can ask a question to start off with, and I think it's I feel like it's something a lot of methanol methanol guys that are new to it um, probably have, and maybe Jody's got the answer. What's a is there really a difference in different methanol brands?
2: Basically, no. All the methanol. If you buy virgin methanol, it all comes from the same source. Uh, we don't make methanol. BP, Sunoco, Renegade, nobody makes methanol. We all buy it from the same from a supplier. Not maybe the same supplier, but uh, we all buy it from the same same hole in the ground, basically. Um, as long as you get a ninety nine point nine percent purity on it, all the methanol is going to be the same.
1: Okay, cool. I mean, because that was something f- when I was you know switching recently. I'm just there's so many. Everybody's got a methanol, and there's different brands, and you just kind of wonder. Why is one better than the other? Because the prices seem to, to move a little bit, you know, short of like the M1, M5 stuff, maybe. Um, right, right. The VP,
2: yeah, the, like the M1 is just virgin methanol from VP. Um, now, of course, they put like the M3, the M5, they'll do additives, that kind of stuff. Top loop, you can do different things to it. But basically, if you just have the, the, the pure methanol, they're all the same. Now, we do, a line, we do a line drum. I know VP does a line drum. There's some other manufacturers out there that put it in a, in a steel drum or a, a non-line drum. And you have some problems with some, uh, because you, as you guys know, uh, maybe not, but it, it does attract moisture. So you have some issues with the drum, the inside of the drum actually rusting because the water that's inside the drum. So we choose to use a brand new line drum in everything that we do. That way, we don't have the contamination issues with it.
1: Awesome, thank you. You bet. What's so you did mention top end lube there too? What's um I guess what's everybody's opinion on? Does everybody run that? Even you know, I it seems like maybe it'd be a carbureted thing more than EFI thing, even. But is that is that we ran it?
3: We ran the top end lube in our blow alcohol blown alcohol stuff, which is just. 100 percent methanol or whatever and we run the top end loop it really helped with the oil wash down so it didn't get so milky because there's so violent island around and uh so it helped that last a little longer and if you left the methanol in the in the in the system for longer than a week without it it would gum up the barrel valve you couldn't open it and with the stuff we seem to get a little more time if you were being lazy that's the only difference i noticed and it wasn't so hard on your eyes cool
2: cool yeah I mean, that's, that's, that's what, a pretty that's good works. uh yeah it's a pretty good analogy there the top lube i mean most guys honestly don't run it anymore especially with the electronic fuel injection because you can you can tune them a little bit better the mechanical fuel injection's a little a little more crude carburetor's a little more crude so you do have some of the issues and the top lube will help with those issues it'll prolong it a little bit um but it's not going to fix it all
1: okay. right cool badass <laughs> <Snow goes laughs> plastic. okay yeah Um, yeah, I guess what, what's the preferred method of storage then? on the same, you know, kind of on that same point.
2: So the preferred method is to leave it in the original steel container, the metal container, preferably lined drum. Um, we don't recommend the plastic containers. Uh, they're easy. You know, we throw them in the trailer. We've all done it. We put them in the trailer. They're easy to pour in and out of, but it's the worst thing for fuel. Any type of fuel doesn't matter what it is. Um, but methanol, of course it'll track moisture. Um, the water 100% mixes with the methanol. So any chance we can to eliminate any issues, especially you guys up in Michigan, you get some humidity up there, of course, a lot of moisture in the air. so it wants to come into the container, the plastic containers just do not seal well enough. So we recommend put it in the metal 55 gallon drums you know sealed tight and preferably up off the concrete, you know put a bump I usually put like,
0: two and pallets on blow my barrels and stuff.
2: Yeah, that works that works well if, you bet
3: if you have a new sealed drum a methanol 55 gallon drum that came from you that's new what what's the shelf time on it is it good forever
2: uh it could be but the okay. problem is no container is gonna be perfect it's right. gonna believe it or not it's gonna you know you hear the drums when they get hot and cold they talk to you they start banging oh, yeah. and moving around well air will come around that seal you will be able to pull air around it and unfortunately, in the in the wetter climates, moisture comes around that and it gets into the methanol and that's where you start to have the issues. Okay. So we tell everybody, as a general rule of thumb, a year as long as it's in the original container. Um, but if they start taking it out of that, put it in the fuel jug, something like that, I, we don't recommend anything longer than a, a couple of weeks in a plastic jug sitting in a trailer. If you're going go to go the, we recommend if you go to the track on the weekend, you know, put it in the plastic jugs. Whatever you may do, when you're done at the end of the weekend, we would recommend you guys drain the thing out of the tank and put it back in the drum. Pour your jugs back into the drum. That's the best case scenario. Cool. It's, cool. And same goes with the ethanol because the ethanol pulls, pulls the moisture, moisture in as well.
3: What was the difference that you noticed? Have you done any tuning ver, uh, E85 versus methanol?
2: So, yeah, we got, we got a lot of customers that uh, – I mean, it's kind of a personal preference what they're doing. The E85 is a little bit more – um tuner friendly not maybe not tuner friendly but it's a little bit easier especially cold starting yes I'm sure you guys know when it's when it's cold out methanol cars do not like to start you gotta have a gas primer or something like that and that's where the E85 guys are a little bit easier because they do have the gasoline in the mixture and so they do want to light off a little bit easier when it's cold out but as far as tuning you're gonna you know typically you know I tell everybody if you're going to switch from race gas to a methanol you bonds will double your your fuel usage. Yeah. Um E85, I mean you're typically you're going to use about 30% more fuel just kind of depending on different setups, uh, a straight ethanol which is 98% is all you can get. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of that, you can't hmm. buy 100% ethanol. Um 98% is as strong as we can get and of course that's going to use about 40% more fuel. Um but but again the methanol is going to use almost double. Over over gas waste gas and that
3: and that would be called E98 the ninety eight percent.
2: That's correct E98 and basically what it is is uh pure ethanol. It's basically liquor. I'm not sure if you guys that know that. So you can't transport it. You can't if you you if you a hundred percent then it's it, it's alcohol tax tax for the government yeah so the the government wants their money on it of course you know a gallon (laughs) of moonshine heck it's a hundred bucks or whatever it is You a gallon (laughs) of methanol is four bucks so uh, or ethanol i should say um but if they they put a little bit what they do is they put two percent gasoline in it or a denaturant of some sort so you cannot consume it and then it comes out of an alcohol tax then it's just a regular uh, uh gasoline or a commodity at that point
3: I know if you ever got methanol in your mouth, it tastes a lot like moonshine. Anyway, <laughs> it does. <laughs> Do not. It's swallow usually heptane <laughs> that yeah. they
4: put in it. I'm sorry. It's usually heptane. Uh, it depends at least on the from blooper. our distributor, all it's
2: heptane that they put in. Is it. it? Yeah, I was ask. Yeah, yeah, we, we have it. Uh, the stuff that we get is uh, it's called Bitrex. And it's a—it's just a very, very—it's a denaturant, all it is. But it's a—it's the most uh, bitter thing known to man. And so, basically, <laughs> what it does—if you get it in your mouth—it has a real bitter flavor to it. So you're not—you right. don't have a tendency to swallow it—is what they're trying to do.
1: Yep. Oh, I see.
2: So, but is, a lot is of, there a, t- a lot of the? Go ahead.
1: Sorry, Jody. Is—is there a temperature like going into this this year when we we're new to it? we kind of heard like at a certain temperature, maybe it's below 40 or 40, 40 degrees, roughly like the methanol. I don't know if you say it kind of gels, but it, it acts way different to the point where is there a temperature like it flat, just, you might not be able to start the car on methanol, no matter what.
2: Yeah.
3: You're there about is. 40
2: <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's probably in that range. And, and of course, <clears throat> you know, that's what we really recommend. If you're in the cold weather, we really recommend doing a, a fuel primer of some sort, you know, a lot of guys just use a nitrous system under the, you know, under the, if it's a carburetor deal, they put it under the carburetor and just spray nitrous, a little nitrous bar, spray gasoline in it just to get the thing to light off and then switch it over. A lot of guys will actually just run it on race gas too to get it warm up quicker so it won't burn as much methanol and milk the oil, that kind of thing. So, okay. yeah, below 40 degrees Fahrenheit, it's really difficult <clears throat> to, uh, to light those things off. And I've I've watched a lot of guys scramble around the pits trying to pull hood scoops off real quick with a fire under there. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, that's the problem. You know, those things will backfire into the air cleaner and uh, you oh, know, start yeah. the thing on fire and then it's it, it becomes a mess. So you got to be really careful in cold weather yeah. with it. And we you know, know we have
0: uh, some additives like an auto zone where you can put in for ethanol for help for storage and help give it a little bit of lube in it as well. Uh, sometimes I do that towards the wintertime before I park it
2: yeah it it definitely helps a lot of times what i what i tell guys too if they're because you guys are you know you'll winterize your stuff more than we do out here at west of course but a lot of guys i tell i said just start to put race gas in the thing and fire the thing up on it it's going to run like hell blubber around but it gets the fuel through the system and kind of lubricates mm-hmm. everything especially a leaded fuel you know the lead in there lubricates everything mm-hmm. and kind of run that through if it's going to sit i mean that's just a really good option and that way uh you don't have to worry about the any methanol or ethanol in somewhere in the system trying to corrode for a couple of months while it's sitting. Yeah,
3: cool. I know on our uh, blown alcohol type motors, after we're done, we drain the fuel system and dump just WD down the blow line and you just blow it through the motor and actually start it on WD forty until it runs out and quits, and that'll pickle it pretty well.
2: So yeah, nice yeah, shit. that definitely works. Damn. <laughs>
1: So Jasper's EFI.
0: Pro, pro, pro. What what is that? I was going to show you. That's the additive I was telling you guys about. The people use oh. here, for example. Okay.
3: Yeah. Fuel conditioner. Jody, yep. you have something like that, don't you?
2: We don't. We don't offer any any type of uh, additive for it, just because most of the guys just don't run it. And again, yeah. out west here, we have. in the, the winter. Racing, you know, year round, we just don't have the cold temperatures like you guys do. So we just That's don't have the experience out. that you do. <laughs> that's I said it before I park
0: it, and so I just so sort of doesn't rust up during the winter. The cylinder walls and all that stuff. Just run that yeah, through definitely. there, and it keeps everything
3: just fine. Yeah, Marks. you bet. And Adam, I'm still got carburetors. If that's what you're asking. Yeah, yeah.
1: I was just, you know, I was curious because I mean, I feel like the methanol deal is way easier with an EFI car. Like all the stuff we have being EFI, I feel like it's, you know, we don't have. Maybe I'm wrong with the carburetor stuff, but we don't like we run our stuff pretty lean. Um and yeah. idle whatnots so we we don't milk the oil and it it seems to it seems to work really well for us, like I was a little surprised to be honest,
3: yeah, I'm still on gas, I'm a nitrous car i okay. run uh i run uh like a one eighteen in the nitrous side and a one twelve in my motor side so if I ever needed to run on gotcha. motor, so I don't have the trouble that they do, but our blower cars we race in the sand are terrible when it comes uh, to looking it down, you know
1: yeah it I was just you know we've we've talked to. A lot of different guys about tuning methanol when we were first making the switch in Mountain Dew um, about this time last year. And it, it's to me kind of surprising how different the tuning, like how different a lot of guys tune methanol, to be honest. Like in, let's say, just in the idle area, also, like we'll run as lean as 6.0 if it'll do it. And most time it does um, to keep it nice and lean and keep the oil from milking. And then even at wide open. You know we started out like in the four o range three nine range, and it seems like when I've talked to other guys that tune methanol that can that can go very quite a bit both directions, but typically very much rich not any not much leaner than that, but a whole lot richer than that what's uh, everybody's opinion on that whole deal well as,
2: as far as as far as tuning on our end what we what we tell people anyway I mean the, the methanol is really really forgiving you can be off on the tune-up and if thing will run well and consistent and everything else um and that's the way most of the carburetor guys they'll get the things close and just run them just because uh, they're close enough um but the the injection the, the electronic fuel injection guys I mean you guys do have the luxury of of leaning the thing way out at, at idle to keep it you know clean and that kind of thing um but the mechanical fuel injection and the carburetor guys just don't have that luxury um so they're they kind of yeah you got the barrel valves you can lean the thing yeah idle but we're still you know it's still i mean i hate to to say it i mean it's a dumb carburetor dumb mechanical fuel injection it just works (laughs) it works well and it has for a lot of years but when we get to the electronic side of it and start to be able to manipulate things all the way through you know 10 25 degree or rpm increments i mean you can just really really fine tune some of those things
1: Yeah. Yeah. Jasper, you run yours really rich, right? Because you uh, basically, yep. you don't run water. We don't cruise. run a cooling
4: system. So we run ours. We let it idle rich. And then we, I don't know, it wasn't a challenge for us to tune at all. We cool. just switched yeah. over. I think we switched over in one race and had zero issues whatsoever. <laughs> the tuning window <laughs> with meth is so damn huge compared yeah. to ethanol, especially when we came off ethanol with no intercooler. So like we were already really edgy on tunes with the ethanol. And then when we switched to methanol, it was like I could put 85 degrees of timing in it at 30 pounds of boost. And it would just something else failed because it made too much power or something. It had nothing to do with cylinder or heat or anything else. So I love meth, but if we're going to run a streetcar or something, I want ethanol with an intercooler. And I think both are capable of doing whatever you want for the most part, especially in no prep where you're always turned down. I don't think much of it matters. We run it because it's super forgiving and I don't have to run the weight of a cooling system and all the other things. So mainly it's about weight and money. It's cheaper to run it and I don't know. I, I love burning people's eyes on the line. I run mine rich, like I said. So it, it sprays them with methanol. So it makes them all back up. So yeah, they won't
3: get out of your way anyway on the starting line. You guys know that well. So anyway, are methanol. Yes, they will. <laughs> those wild ass rolling burnouts. So I've tried to run them over. They scatter. <laughs> over, so that's the only reason. Jasper, do you spray any of <laughs> <in> the <laughs> and
1: charge pipe or no?
0: So like, I I do. We just I run
4: five fifties right now because we're so turned down. And then I don't That's know. I would there. say like
1: what I do. I'm missing internet.
0: i jump in for a second. Why he's doing that? So I run e98 in my setup currently with my triple setup. Um, so I do spray two nozzles of meth in there. Um, I do use M1 in there currently on my setup. Um, I'm going to be switching to full methanol myself. Um, but currently I run like what you're talking about, Adam, where I run, I have a separate tank and pump and I run them, I inject the methanol in the car.
1: Okay. Well, we, well, we had done on Mountain Dew and I think on Sean's and we're doing the same thing on the truck is we basically have two injectors that are in the intake tube that pull fuel from the rail. And then we just, um, we pulse them with the ECU uh, under boost basically just to try to cool it down a little bit i mean I, I guess that's just what we've done so for us it's i'm comfortable with it i'm just curious if i don't know how many people really do that and if it if it truly works like we had to have them i did see intake air temps come down when we changed the duty cycle of it from like starting at like 50 percent up to 80 but i know there's a lot of talk about sensor saturation too so at some point maybe it's not really true intake temps but I guess at the end of the day you just check the plugs, right?
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> never don't check. The, always check the plugs. Always. Yeah. They the never plugs lie. don't
2: lie. Yep.
4: Yeah. Yep. I've had <laughs> O2 sensors be like two points off. Yeah. Yeah. So if you so, yeah, I, so I so just trust sensor, it would have
3: we had a, we had a S10 recently on a carburetor deal, little nitrous truck, street truck, E85, and uh our our uh our O2 said it was dead on, you know, on wide open on spraying It, it was like 11, nine, 12, you know, right in there somewhere. And, um, it, it was so rich that I, by the time I got the truck from my boy, Joey, I had to jet it down 20 jet sizes to even get it close on motor.
1: Ooh, it was
3: 20 shit, jet sizes no kidding. Yeah. Wow. It is it got a
1: downpipe or something weird or is it?
3: Yeah, it, it's got, it's got headers with like a V-band clamp. to put these mufflers on there and it's right before the muffler. And it, I don't know if it, there's a turbulence in there that made yeah. it weird or if it was pulling air from the V-band because it did kind of pop when you got off the throttle, but it, the tune-up was so far off. They were trying to tune it up on that. They, they never got it close.
2: Damn. If it's popping on d it's pulling air in the exhaust. Yep.
3: Huh.
2: Interesting.
0: Definitely. You know, I had. Um, I know we're talking a lot about methanol, but you know, some of these guys are running uh, regular race fuels. You know, and some of the people want to switch over to E eighty five and methanol. Um, do you guys have any challenges switching over from doing from pure race gas going to ethanol or methanol? You guys experience me to help some of the so others out there.
1: Our, our bank account's going to go up. <laughs> yeah, that's like. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Q16 ain't cheap. You need more fuel yeah. pump
4: and injector or bigger carb for each one.
3: Yep. You're going to need a bell drive pump if you're going to go over to methanol, like on your carburetor deal. Um, like I, I still, I'm still on gas because I'm a nitrous car. And to be honest with you, I don't know how to tune it up with alcohol or else I would have it there if I thought I could get it figured out in time. But I'm still on gas.
1: Now, so on your carb deal though, I wonder is there any reason? You guys couldn't use – the um, the carb guys couldn't use like an air AirMotive 10GPM or something? That, you sure know, the you did. Brain... Okay.
3: Absolutely. I, I, we, uh, my, my buddy with that truck used a Barry Grant 280 on an E85 okay. – on that E85 carburetor setup.
1: Okay. Badass. I get so – I, I will so – Is that we're like street car stuff that normally we've not done a lot of, let's say, belt drive or cable drive. So I was just – a little bit uncomfortable myself switching away from my electric pumps that I'm used to being consistent, so that's why I was yeah. just
2: asking.
4: Yeah, but
1: now
0: yeah, I run three electric off. pumps myself right now. Currently, mm-hmm. I'm running five, I mean, not three 535 pumps. Um, and my current setup as a streetcar, you know, and that's gonna have mm-hmm. to change. I'm gonna, I think, I'm gonna have to go mechanical to get the methanol to work low enough. I, you I, know? Th-
3: I think it comes to a point where when you're going methanol E85. Is uh the belt drive is gonna give you whatever you need, and it ends up being cheaper than adding all these extra
4: high-dollar electric pumps. Yeah, I'm I would that. agree with that. The
2: boat one, of, one the thing charging, I would say about no
4: draw from a belt-driven pump. When you have one of those, like we ran an Ario Motive 10.0, Ooh. I'm sure everyone remembers. It annoyed everyone on the line. It's so loud, but it draws huge that on the charging. <laughs> I had one. So, like, even if you run an alternator, even if you don't, it's a huge draw yeah.
0: that you
1: get rid of. Oh, yeah.
4: But
0: that surge comes on. You know,
4: <laughs>
1: pretty much only. But you have the tank up front, that. though, right? So, I guess for me, I still no, have mine and- in the back. Oh, so, you're, are you a cable driven deal or do you have a surge tank situation or what? Yeah, Nick just throwed it off. Oh, that's I right. Yeah. The shop last week. That's right. But, I forgot you brought one over. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so one thing I do want to talk about with methanol and carburetors is uh, we have an issue sometimes when uh, the carburetor just cannot flow enough air and fuel through the thing. Um, let's say like a single carburetor, you know, this is probably 10 15 years ago. A big switch to methanol in the drag race scene came along. You know, start, People started building 1,000 know 1, 1,200 horse bracket motors, a lot of these guys. Um, but the problem is you can only make about 1,000 to 1,100 horsepower in a single carburetor deal and the problem with that is again we talked about we're using so much more fuel getting through the that carburetor that it's taking away the air the airflow so if you have a 1250 cfm carburetor let's say you have 400 cfm of fuel when it's on gasoline you only have 200 cfm of fuel so you're losing airflow just by running that much more methanol through the thing so a lot of guys will go to a dual carb setup and that'll help the problem but again you get to the the 2 horsepower range somewhere in that area on carburetors and you get to a limit and so that's where guy i like to see guys switch over to a uh, fuel injection of course we'd like to go with electronic fuel injection just for the the tuning aspects of it but um but you will gain over over the carburetors yeah so
1: john asked on power level i mean I, on mountain dew when we switch i don't know even on sean's i don't think we feel like we've seen a big power power increase over e85 i'd say the only power increase is
4: added timing i I can add more timing on meth therefore i can make a little bit more power if we were (laughs) radio racers we probably would have saw this switch because we're squeaking every last inch out of our motor but we're all running less than our motors can make so once again it's not really the reason for me switching at least wasn't a power increase it was it's like I said, let's draw in the system, cheaper, Wait, say just a, a bunch of factors like that. Tunability. Yeah, you get rid of the intercoolers. You you're not going to detonate it on
3: alcohol. It's not a thing. Alcohol doesn't detonate. So that's the one of the biggest gains, correct? I think until you put nitro in it.
0: That's a picture of yeah. detonation. Yeah, <laughs> well, nitro, that's what
3: happens. well, nitro is a whole different animal. I, hey, Jody, is this true? I heard that you couldn't light it with a lighter, but you can combust it with a hammer. Is that a fact?
2: That is correct. Yep. Yeah. Dang yeah. Meth, I'm sorry. Nit- Nitro methane is basically, it, you treat it like a diesel. I mean, you do not need to, you don't need a spark plug. In the top fuel cars, honestly, they do not use a spark plug from half track on. Yeah, yeah. It is, it's it's dieseling. And that's why, you know, they have, a, they have a manual shutoff because you just cannot turn the things off. We've oh, got uh, some away. some dirt track guys that experiment with with nitromethane, and uh, some of the guys have to run a mechanical fuel pump that's you know engine driven. Or, I'm sorry, mechanical like the old school on the on the block, not a belt driven where you can put a, a fuel style. shut off on it. Okay. Yeah, and those guys. Um, we've had guys. I've been out there at the racetrack. They come back to pits and turn the ignition off. The thing just keeps on running. You know. So you got to um, you got to starve it. the thing for fuel when you have nitro in the mix to get them to shut off. Yeah, they just—they do not need spark.
3: Hmm.
2: They need heat and compression. That's it.
3: You—you you supply nitro to a lot of top fuel teams, don't you?
2: We do. Typically, every year the teams come out here and test, and we'll supply all the nitro for the teams that come out.
1: You have to have like some so we, kind of license to buy nitromethane and store it at your place, don't you? Because it's like
2: a—you do, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. The hom- homeland homeland security. Yeah, Yeah, Homeland Security, we're regulated through them. We report to them monthly. Um, But yeah, it's kind of a, it's a bit of a pain for the end user to do it. And basically what it is, is anything over 400 pounds of nitro, you got to be registered with Homeland Security. So that's why you see the 42 gallon drums that are typically sold, because those things weigh 395 pounds. And it's under the threshold of what Homeland Security wants.
4: (laughs)
3: That oh, makes sense. So I always cool. wondered why they used a the littler drum. I didn't get it, but that makes That's sense. That's
2: exactly why.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Got to play yeah. the game, right?
3: Yeah. Yep. And, then, and then another thing, switching over to methanol on your carbureted stuff is if you. I know not everyone out here is bracket racers and they're going to kill me for this right now. But <laughs> a, lot of times, a lot of times you can't get your motors warmed up. They won't warm up. You have to put a, a spacer plate with a lean out or something on it. Like I know in our alcohol motors, even though we're leaned up at an idle, we we take the fuel pump and we shut them off halfway. They kind of revs up like it's going to quit. And you just kind of find the medium there to get the motor warmed up so you don't just milk the oil. <coughs>
2: Like a lean, I would valve? say for, yeah, lean-out valve, I think for any carburetor guy, it would be recommended I don't care what class it is. Yes, absolutely. Um, just because, I mean, like the fuel injection guys, you got the advantage of leaning the thing out and you can, you can warm the thing up a lot quicker that way. But the carburetor guys, it's really difficult to uh, warm the things up unless you do have a lean-out valve. And I would highly recommend it if you're a carburetor guy.
4: So something we do is we have a probe welded into the oil pan that we plug into the generator.
2: And as soon as we get to
4: the place that we're running, if it's 40 degrees out or lower, we plug it right in. And if you leave it sit for about 30 minutes, the motor's about 150 degrees.
3: Yeah, that's what we run as well
4: good. on our blower cars. Just nice. like a, a, a pad we also pad. We also use that in between rounds. So because we run so rich, because we don't run a cooling system at idle... We get back from the pits. We put a vacuum onto the breather and plug in the probe and try to burn off all the excess meth that went into the oil. Mm-hmm. And it'll and, give and me about three or four more runs before I have to change the oil. What
3: What temperature do you have to run the motors at, Jody, to get the to get the methanol burned out of the oil?
2: You need to get up in a two hundred degree oil temperature range to get the thing oh, to boil out of there. Yeah. So. So that's another advantage of of a lean out valve so at the end of the night when you're done racing you can pull the lean out valve and lean the motor up and get some a lot of temperature in that motor to try and boil some of that methanol out of the oil to to keep it from Mm -hmm. milking so that is another advantage of the the, uh
3: and john what John, what we mean is milk and the oil. Without with on alcohol or methanol, they they call it now. You're putting so much in the motor because you got to use so much more than gasoline. It gets by the rings and it turns it, it it turns the oil yellow looking. Looks like milk, kinda. So that's what we mean when we're referring to milk and the oil. Yeah. Wait, yeah, ask you a question. So,
4: like, after we make the run and we come back, the motors usually sitting at like 190. 200 now granted if it's like a 30 degree night out you're just boned but in the middle of the summer or throughout most of the fall in the spring the motor comes back it's at like 190 if we plug the probe in at 190 it puts the temp about up to 200 so then once it's yeah. at 200 we found it'll boil the the meth out the bottom and the vacuum will suck out most of the motor or most of the moisture and if we go like five runs like there's actually an amount you dump out of the vacuum
3: Hmm. really but that's cool
4: if we plug it in dry you know what i mean and it's 30 or the car's 30 degrees and we plug it in it takes probably like i said it, i don't even know how long it would take to get up that high but to get to 150 is about 30 40 minutes are you
3: running straight 70
4: weight oil Jasper? or what do you run for no oil? we run 2050 i got you I Run the
3: same i
0: run the same too, in my
1: Jody, do you guys sell a um, nitro meth mix like an M5? Do you guys sell fuel like that?
2: We do. We have a. It's called our Methanol Plus, and it's got okay. some nitro uh, in the mixture, and it makes it makes really good power.
1: What's the difference in cost?
2: It's about $100 more a hundred dollars more drum.
3: Oh,
1: not too
2: bad. And, and
3: if you ever need fuel backup this way, I get in touch with Jody. He sponsored my car and helped me out with fuel years ago. And uh, I'm a dealer for it, or will be when I come back. So we can sell you cool. the fuel right up out of here.
4: Yep, yeah, cool. The, the M5, Adam, will definitely shorten your tuning window again, though. Like the yeah. jump you got from ethanol shrinks mm-hmm. right back down to like There's ethanol with no intercooler. Like oh, you have gosh. to be very, yes. very, very precise, or it goes bad quickly. Yeah, gosh. but you'll make like 300 mm-hmm. more horsepower. Yep. No <laughs> questions about it. And you it's will all burn so ice ain't. even harder.
3: When you it's see like me roll to the side of the track, that's what I'm dumping in my shit right there.
0: <laughs> I got a good question for you guys. Um, so let's say I'm running uh, turbo and nitrous, both combination together. Um, how does that work with methanol? I'm sorry, in case some guys out some guys are doing that out there. I'm just curious. Yeah, no
2: Patrick issues. Does. They're trying
0: to spool a bigger turbo. You know, I know you can spool faster mm-hmm. with methanol, but mm-hmm. it kind of gets into that subject we're going to go into next.
2: Yeah, a lot of guys, they'll run methanol with, and spray nitrous, uh, whether it be to spool the thing faster or just to pick up power. Um, but there's no issues of running nitrous on methanol at all.
4: Especially when most of these people are using it in such a small amount. They're using a 50 shot or a 100 shot. It's not like yes. Mark trying to spray
2: 750 <laughs> or something. <laughs>
0: 300 shot, eh? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, that is, that is one of the uh, the other advantages of methanol is it does make big torque numbers. Um, you may not see as much peak horsepower, but the, the mid-range really picks up.
1: Hmm. Awesome.
0: So I had um, a few things just to kind of educate a little bit um, for everybody. So like E85, as far as doing their fueling, I just want to kind of come back a little bit for a second and we'll continue. Because um, some of the guys are asking some basic questions. Um, so E85 requires probably about what, 30 to 35% more fueling. Um, versus running gasoline or race fuels, so if they're transferring over, they'll need some bigger pumps to do that. Um, and then methanol, how much more fueling is it? Like a hundred to two hundred percent more flow that it needs? Is that about
2: right? We we typically we see about eighty to one hundred percent. Eighty
0: to one hundred percent. Okay.
2: Eighty to one hundred percent. So basically, you know, let's say I call a holly carburetor on gasoline, you have an eighty jet in the thing, squared around. You're going to have about a one fifty to one sixty jet in it.
3: Okay. Yeah. How um, jets. <laughs> Alcohol jets at start at 140 in an alcohol kit, I believe, all the
0: way to 200. <laughs> so. um, there's uh, obviously time you can do a lot more. You can do a lot more with the, the methanol. Um, what are some of the other benefits um, besides the cooling, the weight savings, um, cheaper? I mean, it seems like methanol really is kind of the it's better so, way to go overall it, it,
3: it, it's so cold it makes the air so dense you could put so much more fuel and in air into the cylinder like on our blower motors the whole top of the hat will be frozen a big old ice chunk after you make a 300 foot pass with it there, there's, there's just the fuel is so cold i don't know if you ever got it on your hand that's one of the biggest advantages that and they don't detonate i think
0: i said i run e98 in my setup and i sometimes the temps get up there pretty high um i some good freeway poles I get up in like 120, 110. Um, and then I spray the methanol in there and I get it down to probably about like 60 or so. Um so I imagine methanol gets even quite a bit colder than that then. Trying to cure that.
2: It does. Like like Mark said, we there's guys you if you watch uh some of the guys on TV, the like the top alcohol guys, whatever it may be, they'll before the run, they'll you actually see them spray the injector hats, the butterflies, because the thing'll ice up, you know, literally sitting That's there idling okay. and it hangs the injectors. I was I wondering know, what that like spray Yeah, I was wondering that too. I thought that was like
0: get it started or something.
2: Yeah, it's just yeah. like a
3: oil-based something so it doesn't hook. Like on all of our pedals, we have big old throttle loops and push-pull cables. So if it does, you could jerk it back shut. I know yeah. it sounds crazy, but well, I guess we're dumb enough to drive them. So. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: uh, interesting. I
1: don't know. So part of the big reason we switched to methanol in the truck anyways was because uh, you know, it's got a bigger turbo, small cubic inch, and the turbo is a mile away from where the engine's at. So we had some struggles this year getting the thing to to consistently make boost on the brake at low RPM. Since we're doing backtrack stuff, you know, we need the RPM. A lot of times we're under four thousand and we're trying to leave on six or eight pounds of boost and ramp in. And um, it, you know, it just was really tough the way it is now. And and just doing a little bit of goofing around with the methanol, it's amazing how much quicker it makes boost. Like it's, it's insane. How quick it gets on the chip. Now
2: I bet get that, I
1: screenshot,
0: mean, I, get that screenshot to actually share.
1: Yeah. I can show the part of the video where we get up, um, where it gets up on the chip, like immediately. And I have to, I should have hunted down one where it doesn't like typically it will take me, um, on a, on a, you know, not a hot, like not a 90 degree day, but if it's uh, 75 or so out, it's gonna take uh, probably five or six seconds at least okay. to get up on the chip, and then on the screen now. get there. Um, yeah, there, that was kind of a data log comparing the two. But when we put methanol in it, dude, it was nuts. It, it gets to the chip immediately, and then we—I didn't really. It was like five minutes of tuning, so we can get it to make boost quicker. I'm sure, but it—it it got to the chip about as soon as I got to watt, and then the boost came in. So I can play that. Let's see here. Right. Share. <coughs> That's true. Give me one sec. So, you it the full screen down there. Okay. Is quarter. it? Yep. yep there it, it is. Bam. All right. Uh, let me back. We back it up just a hair. I'm sorry, guys. All right. That was it. So it fired up, like, right away. You know, we just changed the fueling a little bit. And it was awesome. Actually, so I'll put the fire it fired up. Fuel
3: dialed in, and this is, uh, he's pulling almost no timing compared to what he
4: used to do. So we'll see what this does.
1: So it goes right to the chip. So so that was 10 pounds of boost, which um, it normally on E85, it's so um, it takes it so long to get up on the chip that I have to um, I have a, some pretty radical like advanced tables where we're throwing a bunch of RPM at it like a two-step offset and then also initially adding shit 15 degrees sometimes and then as boost is coming in we're dragging it down to pulling almost 15 and when that happens it it does it, a lot of times it'll pop and shoot a flame and get all obnoxious and stuff um, just to make seven or eight pounds and that was with <laughs> Just like no RPM offset and just a little bit of timing pull, it immediately crawled up there, which was like very exciting because they say even when I could get it to make boost on the line, the ramp into like the the 60 and 80 foot mark would always be lazy. And I feel like that's going to get a hell of a lot better now too. So I'm really excited about it. Much more happy. Uh-huh, 100%. 100%. Well,
2: that's, that's where one of the, the advantages, again, of the methanol is – is basically you're tricking the intake air temperature right um like you said you know on a 90 degree day it took forever to spool the thing up on 85 or gasoline but when you get you race the thing in cold weather it wants to spool quicker you know you got air is denser you get more air just through the charge tube everything else so the methanol is basically just tricking the thing into racing in 40 degree air on (laughs) a hundred degree day i like it
3: and he put the turbo on the roof. It's got a ways to get some pressure up that pipe.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> got a way to go. It's <laughs> <laughs> got a second. So I'm glad it, uh, it, it. People have always said it. We've never had um, any of the cars that have been that difficult to deal with had have that kind of extreme situation. But it, it was truly amazing to see it work like that. It's cool. That's How
2: do you guys feel? You feel good?
1: Yeah.
0: How do you guys feel about you know? Um, let's say like a a car you do streets with um switching from like e98 to straight methanol and running that you know obviously for the duration of whatever you're doing um you see see any issues at all doing that like on the street as a daily you know say you're doing some street racing let's just put it out there
2: (laughs) the biggest issue I would say is fuel consumption if you're if you're you know methanol is you're going to use so much more fuel so the fuel consumption obviously when you're on the street um, if, you know, if you're driving the thing out to the to race or whatever, um, you're going to have some issues with, with how much you got to carry.
0: And that's what I was going to say is what is the difference between like e 85, your mileage versus like running methanol what kind of miles is for some people who may not know any better, you know?
2: Yeah. So like E85, I mean, typical E85 tune, you'll lose probably 25 to 30% fuel economy, you know, in a, in a if you're driving hundred miles, you know, you're going to, you're going to use, you know, 30% on methanol, it's going to cut it in half. I mean, it's that that drastic.
3: 50% more.
2: You're going to use 50% more. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just say, say. Gallons per run. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, and 300 on, on the blower. Oh, yeah. on, and, on ethanol, we
4: lost about a gallon. But we also had this power then. So huh. it's kind of not a great comparison. Yeah, but we were using about a gallon to a gallon and a quarter of a run. The I'm 300 foot cars, you don't do it,
3: you don't do a burnout or nothing. You just pull down there and make a pass that's blown alcohol. They'll use six, six and a half gallons of pass. Holy shit. Sixteen injectors, you know, like 40 pounds of boost. <laughs> all the power.
1: Yeah. Yep.
3: Bracket cars, you know, gay ones or whatever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: They should just be running 87, dude. You don't have to get there first. Like Brian, <laughs> That's right. You're the fastest. You just got to get there at the right time whatever. Yeah. I don't really so, know all the rules.
0: <laughs> John's got a great question here. Are He's talking about heat ranges and plugs, meth versus E85. Um, you know, like I run two steps colder in my setup, for example, on, on ethanol. You know, what has to change going to meth, for example?
4: I ran the same.
1: You were, Well, we always ran eights on E85 and we run tens on uh methanol on our methanol setup, whether that's right or not. That's just what we've done.
4: We ran nines on I'm ethanol, on nines. but once again, we on were nines. running
1: less boost and less power yeah. on the methanol motor. We yeah. were running tens because. Yeah, and I guess I should uh-huh. say ours was an intercool setup. Yours being non-intercool was definitely, those things are, it's a tough animal, non-intercool <clears> on <throat> E85. Yep. Pretty much, if we made more than 30 pounds of
4: boost, the IETs went to 310, or at least what that sensor said they were
1: doing. Right, maxed it, it out. The Top head the gasket motor. would check out.
0: I was going to say, it's gone.
1: <laughs> uh, dude, I've been there. You know that. I've lived that life for a whole year. It sucked.
0: Copperhead <laughs> gaskets can groove the blocks and head. Okay, but anyways.
1: So then we switched to
4: math, and we only got two passes out of that motor. So the first pass went great. We made 30 pounds of boost like we always did. It didn't blow the head gasket, so we were all pumped. And then we drew Billy the second round. and Turn it up. Yeah, I told everyone, you might as well go get the golf cart ready. And (laughs) we spit two of the rods out when it tried to make 1,600 horse on some H-beam rods and threw a couple of them out of the pan. But we did still get the W. Yeah, (laughs) What are you running for
3: rods now? Are you? Did you go to aluminum rod? No, I run an
4: Oliver billet.
3: Yeah, I, I don't run. Want a, to change
4: them every year.
3: I I run a I run a Cali's Ultra rod. It's like a billet rod, steel rod, and I've got like 600 passes on that thing already, and it just takes it and takes it. Holy shit! Nice this guy. And I and what do you guys run for head gaskets? I just run like a tri-layer, tri medic mm-hmm. gasket. Um, I gonna, I
4: we're running Athenas, but like I would prefer top fuel hoops. Yeah. Oh, I race. really think
0: you know I run I I've always run the Athena's, um, but I think that the full copper we're really grooved we're really getting up in the the higher boost levels and um pressures and the methanol and all that This thing it seems like it's a better option to, to go that route instead. I was gonna suggest that to Adam for your guys' as cars, actually. I think it would help solve some problems.
1: Well, so I um <coughs> Most of them had, we were using Athena's the now, or at least Mountain Dew did. And, and Sean has Athena's the on his. Um, The one thing we, we tried, we just had a customer set of heads done. We're going to have ours done too. Uh, from TKM, they have these mini hoops now. If you've seen that, where you mm-hmm. can, it's, it's like a glorified O-ring setup. It's a one piece stainless ring. And then you still use your MLS gasket, like your standard LS9 for an LS deal. If you want, Um you still use that. And then it's got that mini hoop in there. And it's pretty affordable to have done. It's like, 300 bucks a head and uh it's i think it's going to be a better option to me than it than um like in athena where every time you pull the head now you got to cut the head these the, the rings are in the cylinder head and if you if you need to pull the head off there's nothing damaged you swap out your mls gasket and you keep going so i'm gonna send you a
0: video too <laughs> subject so um So what, uh, Jesper vanished. There we go. got a question for you guys.
1: Yeah. I, TKM is badass. Those guys are great dudes down there. They obviously make a lot of power with all kinds of stuff. And, um, they're really good to deal with too. Very easy to deal with. And, uh, I say the mini hoop thing. They, there's some nice like, John doc did a nice video. That's how I found out about it on, on uh, YouTube, and so if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, we we don't have any that's anything good. yet, but I know they have them in a lot of cars, especially. It sounds like it's some a lot of coyote based cars where they're cranking some boost up with them, and it seems to be holding really good. So,
0: that's kind of what I was talking about. Um, I'm going to shoot you a video on that. Try okay, quick here. Um, but whatever. uh, What else can we can share to kind of help others that are trying to do this? Convert. You know, we got a question for you.
4: Rob a bank. Yeah,
1: that's a fact. No, it's very true. I was going to ask about the cost
0: conversion from going from ethanol to methanol. I was going to ask you. Can you guys share a little bit, insight on that a little bit? Injectors and everything else.
1: Power levels, everything. It seems like, you know, I'm personally like under 1500 horse. And if everything works out okay, I'll have all my shits maxed out. The injectors, the pump and everything. And I was able to probably do it for so, you know, I already had my E85 injectors. I had two 10s and I'm going to use them again. Um, so I ha- I bought a 10 GPM air motive and, you know, those things are damn near two grand, but change. I think the other thing maybe you don't think about is fuel lines, right? Changing fuel lines over depending on what you already have in the car. Um,
2: mine right, the was switch.
1: just, mine were like the E85 stable rubber, which they say those seem to be okay. I still am just going to do uh PTFE 22. just because we have it laying around, but. Most guys seem like they spend. It's easy to go five grand on a methanol conversion, very easily. Five to yeah. six. Yeah, because okay. if
4: I could do it like ideally, I would have two tens is my idle injectors, and then I would have like some seven hundreds that come on yeah. at set RPM or set boost or whatever I end up setting it to. But they would come on at wide open throttle instead of like so that way it, that would help like on milking the oil some it would help on a lot of things but it's that much more costly because you need now that much more fuel line that many more wise a whole other set of injectors so we just run a single set and deal with it but on the question that john's asking about i I change my oil every event um probably not practical or whatever but That's what we do. If, if we, you know, go rounds, if we go somewhere and make one pass, no, I don't change the oil, but about every, I would say if I make five runs somewhere, I change the oil when I get home and I don't have to, I mean, there's multiple ways I could go about it. I could drain all the oil out, put it on a hot plate and burn off all the meth and dump it right back in if I wanted to, but we're we're second type, so we're sloppy, and we spent half of it, and someone <laughs> threw a cigarette butt in it, and now it's so online. we just dumped new oil in. But that's why I said, if there was any advice for anyone, rob a bank. Like, <laughs> steal a ton of money, because this just gets ridiculous. Like, where our classes went and gotten to is...
3: insane.
4: Pretty much no different than anything else at this point. So
3: yeah, if you yeah. want to make a million dollars with a race car, you got to start with two million. You know, it's one of those one <laughs> yep. of things. And another thing for that oil, if you pull, if you drain that into a pan and it's clean, and you pull it out and let it set in your shop, it'll evaporate all. It'll evaporate all the alcohol out of it on its own without heat. But <laughs> yep. then, is it clean? Who knows what it's going to do? I we change our m- uh, blower motor oil every ten runs um, because <laughs> it is hard on the oil.
0: How does that work with, like, a street car? Somebody trying to run methanol, for example. Same things. Yeah,
4: yeah, bad idea. I That's, mean, like, yeah. my car, originally when we converted it, well, we, had a we had a 10-gallon tank in there. So we actually could drive. I think what's on Adega from here? I drove all the way to, like, the next town over and back when I was breaking in the motor. Yeah, now, yeah, probably, like, a 20-mile round trip. and And I came back, and I probably could have made, like, if I was pushing it till it ran out, I probably could have went like 35 to 40 miles. So like you can go, but like who wants a 10 gallon tank in their car? It, it it all depends what you're doing. That's why and you got to
1: get a pickup truck. I got 20 back. I would back never run back <laughs> on the
4: street. Like for something that I actually intended on driving a lot. Like yeah. I drive my car from my house to downtown, which is like what, four miles, three miles. Down to Main Street because they have a car show every Wednesday, and I'll do that like twice a year. And yeah, if, if that's what your streetcar does, then switch it to meth. But if you intend on driving 20 miles to the town over, that's just a bad idea.
3: If you intend on doing that, get a big black nitrous car, you can drive it anywhere you want 15 <laughs> to 1. I have I'm no trouble anywhere. So, so,
0: so, so I- let's say they run ethanol to get there, and you'll know, run the tank low, and they put in meth. Can you mix the two fuels? I mean, There's a little bit in the tank
4: and let it idle long enough and switch over, yeah. but I wouldn't mix them.
1: Yeah. So, I think it, it'd be pissed. Yeah, I definitely be wouldn't. Super pissed it. off
3: in the tune up. Uh, yeah. You would never get the mixture the same. It would be so inconsistent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So we drove Mountain Dew when we went up to Woodward for roadkill nights. I think Nick, he had to drive it. I mean, it was, a, it was about 15 miles, but it was like through town. So it took us like 25 minutes. And it shockingly made it all the way there on five gallons and back and it doesn't even it didn't have a cooling system or nothing either, really. So it just threw the heads and, you know, the methanol was uh, helped cooled enough that it never really got hot. And it was in August, um, which was pretty kind of a neat deal. But um, it did okay, but it it, again, it idles relatively lean. It cruises lean. So like we don't have oil milking issues. Uh, part of the reasons I wanted to keep the 210s, or if you were a guy that was going to do 16 injectors, it makes a lot of sense, kind of like what you were saying too, Jasper. If you got a small set in there or some way that you can throw, like I can throw gasoline in this thing, or I could throw E85 in it and drive it anywhere I want also by just putting a different tune up in it that's already dialed in for that fuel. But uh, the injectors and the fuel system can deal with those other fuels so I can still street it wherever I want. When we were on uh, Rocky Mountain Race Week and Drag Week, both with uh, Mountain Dew, we basically, you know, we raced on methanol at the track, and we had sixteen injectors in the in the intake and in the high ram. And we were literally, when we went to leave, I would drain all the alcohol out of the out of the fuel system and like kind of try to pump it out the best we could, and then we would just throw gasoline in it, and it would be, you know, I'd switch the tune, and it'd be pissed off for like the first five minutes, and then it would be right back on gasoline and be happy. And we, that's how we did it the whole week driving it.
0: And that's why I was asking that question for that reason there. For something you like guys
1: that. went
3: really far with that, didn't you? How many miles? A couple thousand well, or
1: something? Yeah, back to back. So like both were probably 1200-ish miles each. So it was over 2000 miles in two weeks. Yeah, bad ass. for
0: oil changes? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so that was the thing. We did change the oil a lot anyways, you know, and mostly honestly, because the highway is so hard on them. And you're driving, you know, we would drive six, seven, eight hours between stops. And you would drive three or four hours at a time. And it just beats that oil up so bad. We would normally change it the next day in the morning anyways as maintenance. Where are you guys hit- running for oil and that? Uh, 2050 Schaefer's. We're big. I tell you, after doing the drag week and Rocky Mountain Week thing this year with not only the Mountain Dew, but with the truck. Dude, Schaefer's oils. gonna I mean, give him a plug. That stuff is, is tough shit. It really is like, and we had to run some non-shafers a couple of times. And, you know, when you drive it on the highway for that long and with the truck we were at, like it just ran, it ran so hot the whole time, like 230, to And we drive it that way for three or four hours at a time. And the oil pressure, you know, when you're, you, you start to slow down, oil pressure would be 10 to 10, 15 pounds where normally it'd be 30 or 40. And um, as soon as it would cool down, Oil pressure would literally come right back up. Like we we took a break, we'd eat whatever. You fired up, the oil pressure came right back up. Um, when we ran, I think we ran some Castrol 2050 a couple times. Um, it did not do that at all. And like it would come up some. Like it would come up five or ten from when it was really low, but it wouldn't come up all the way. So I don't know if you guys have never ran Schaefer stuff. I'm telling you, it's some really good. It's very very good, especially for the I've, shit we do. I, you I've tried to- AMS
0: oil usually, but.
1: Yeah, for sure. Great. Also, great oil, of course. I tried the
3: Schaeffers. I hated it. No, no, no offense. Hated it. (laughs) I couldn't. I couldn't keep it in a motor. You know, that shit ran out of everywhere. You know. Um, Okay. See how slick it is. Yeah, I tried it in my semis. As soon as I put it in, it spun a bearing. So I just decided not to use it anymore. We went back to Rotella. And uh, and Jody, he's got a Torco brand oil that's really well. We use a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I myself, just myself, my own experience. I had terrible luck with it. Yep. So, no more. Uh, I had a
0: I had a question for you guys. Um, kind of going back a little bit, you're talking about doing long drives like Drag Week and stuff like that. Um, do you guys, when you're running full methanol, you don't have a full cooling system in there? Do you guys just run through the water through the heads only instead of running through the blocks? Usually, solid on for a lot of people, you know. Just out of well, curiosity, so do you keep that?
1: When we did the Drag Week, Race Week stuff, we did put a ra- radiator back in the car. Okay. It was a full cooling system deal at that point. And it takes all of it for those normally.
0: What about yeah. like for track? Do you guys run? You don't run radiators?
1: Um, no, not um, not in Mountain Dew. Like I am in the truck actually, but in Mountain Dew we just ran water through the heads and they had a basically oh, a cooling track. tank, or you know we didn't put ice in it, but I guess you could have. It was just kind of a cooling tank that circulated huh. it through.
0: Yes, I was wondering.
3: That VR1 oil that they're talking about—that's good stuff. We we use no, the green Brad, Brad Pen oil. And everything, all the Nitro 70 stuff, uh, we use Brad Pen. I've never, and like my Cheval motor, it's wore out. You know, you see it back there. I got years on that thing, and that's all I run is straight 40 Brad Pin in its whole life. And the bearings, we just put, you know, we're just freshening it now, and they look like it wasn't even wore out. I don't get it. So,
0: <laughs> I don't know if we addressed uh, John's question way back a while ago. He asked about what uh, AN fittings and return and stuff like that.
4: Down below, if you guys saw that. Uh, well,
3: you're uh, talking about talking to going mine to for 1500 horse, yeah. Depends 10, 10 on the application. Said. Uh, we, we ran like even on gas, I i, I plumb my whole car with dash 12 and our blower stuff's dash 16, but I don't think you need that. <laughs> on, I don't think you need that
4: like on an LS application. What are you running, Jasper? We run 12, but we have 10 in some spots too. Like, I don't know, I i'd Honestly, think you could run eight for fifteen hundred yeah. horse if you wanted
0: yeah. to. It, it I run, run, I run ten of mine.
1: Application you can first. definitely do that. Carburetors way different because you need all the volume and not the pressure. But yeah, with an EFI car, you can get. Yeah, uh, we How's run this ten. We, still
4: going? What was that That's the question? Oh. <laughs> uh I screwed up and was laughing at a commercial on TV. <laughs> <laughs>
2: my bad I wonder sure how that R-rated R-rated guys
4: have guy to run from the Dr. Pepper commercials is still allowed to exist
0: <laughs> my bad oh yes. boy so um, were there, um, what would you guys like to share with anybody who's trying to do this conversion and you know actually doing what we do with the tracks and everything any suggestions at all for injector brands or anything and a lot of people use like atomizers, for example because hit these quite a large size injector
1: we use we've used the atomizers and we haven't had any issues but man I, s- I swear everybody else hates them
4: I love atomizers same mm-hmm. as Adam said everyone says they don't like them on um, the team for sale ones, a lot <laughs> especially it's w- they seem to idle way it's way 100%. easier to get them to idle than like a set mm-hmm. of precisions or yeah uh, you know like the Morans I haven't tried the, the brand new Moran's or whatever, but
1: they're supposed to be I, like I
4: have, an atomizer. I have a friend that claims that they're a little rough. Um, what was the other one we used? Oh, those like red ones that someone was making or whatever that pretty much <laughs> I found out are a precision, but the fuel tax I haven't got to try yet. We've got them for Everett's car. So I will have some feedback on them soon, but. I've heard they're really good with idle
3: too. Hmm. Jody, what did you guys use to run for injectors in those road course cars?
2: So well, the road course cars, they don't use any ethanol or methanol. They'll they'll be strictly a gasoline deal. Okay. So those yeah, so the so I haven't personally had a lot of experience with methanol and and injector yeah, stuff. I've always been a carburetor guy on the methanol. Um but definitely the the, in, the injection's a way to go on it just because yeah. of the control you have over it.
3: Mm-hmm. I got you. I have metering blocks. If it's too rich at an idle, you just turn them in a little bit.
2: If you need a little Hard to do on the fly. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, sir.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> dude, you got you carburetor guys. Definitely live a really tough life, man. I don't get you guys are insane, dude. That's yeah. too much work.
3: <laughs> nitrous, <laughs> nitrous cars in general. Uh, you man. got a lot going on all the time. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Mine seems kind of low maintenance for a nitrous car. You could ask Jasper. He's like, shouldn't you be changing plugs right now? I was like, no, nah, my shit's flying. Just leave it alone. But <laughs> a lot of times a lot of they're a lot of work, man, filling bottles, nonsense. Trying to keep a bottle warm in 40 degrees is a losing battle. You'll never win that battle. I don't care. If you just took it out of the hot tank, it's over, you know.
1: <laughs> um, I guess I would say, John, from what we've seen, I mean, those numbers – we, run, we we ran low 20-degree timing on 30, 30 pounds on E85, you know, if it's in the right places without too much issue. And then um,
0: – 23 is probably max, I'd say, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I was pushing we, it. <laughs> yeah, and it's all the weather. That, that is the one thing, like, the limited amount of methanol tuning we've done, it does seem like sh- – it's very weather-dependent. Like, we you know, we had a hot air tune-up that was flying. And as soon as we got in some cold air, it was tearing shit up real bad. And normally we wouldn't have seen that in our E85 tune ups. So I, I don't know. That was just what I saw. I was surprised that and maybe we were just, I guess, looking at, we were r- rather lean on the tune up and maybe a little aggressive on timing, but for it to just run flawlessly in hot air, and then we got some really good air and it just was tearing shit up. I will say, Back to the blower motors. Every time you start
3: that thing up, it is something different. It doesn't idle the same. It's rich. (laughs) It's lean. It's always different. It's never the same. Just floor it and go, huh? Just depending on the weather, you know?
4: So that coldness effect that you had could be a density of the fuel as it
1: gets that cold. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. It just, I mean, as soon as we got into cold air, man, it was – and, and it really wasn't even super cold, I guess, to be honest, but it would, we were at hundred degrees and 90, 95 to hundred degree days. And we were pretty mean with it. And as soon as we got into 80 degree days, it was just, we started pushing, you know, pushing water, pushed a head gasket a couple times. So we really kind of changed our, uh, and the plugs didn't look, you know, looking at the plugs, they, we didn't even have a mark on the strap. They didn't really look extremely lean. Like if, we would have looked at a normal E85 plug. It looked fine, but it definitely wasn't happy. And as soon as we fattened it up uh, some and took some timing out of it, we never had any more issues, but it took a couple of getting smacked around before we figured it out.
0: What kind of uh, timing, just we're talking about timing, like methanol versus ethanol. Um, you know, we talked about what the E85, what it can be. What kind of timing can you get to with, with methanol? Yeah, they're getting so more that than that twenty. Plus? Yeah,
1: it's, we're at something similar to an intercooled on combination. Backtrack. A lot. I agree, uh-huh. and maybe what you're, since you know, Josh, like you know, you've already said it. We do so much backtrack stuff. We don't really ever have hmm. them cranked to the max to the point where I, like, I don't know how much it can take because we never get it there.
0: Gotcha.
2: Yep. Just yeah, so in yeah, case some people are thinking about it. Mm-hmm. yeah timing timing and methanol again is, is pretty forgiving so you can really you can really mess around with it quite a bit just because it's it's just so damn forgiving
1: yeah seems like especially if you're extremely rich on the afr
2: yeah absolutely
0: i have uh i was gonna post these up these are just kind of some average i know o2s are never always accurate but um this is some stand standard uh kind of give you an idea a little bit um i was going to ask you guys you know for methanol, we're using an O2 sensor, do they read fully? I an mean
1: NTK does. The Bosch ones don't. I read Jasper's head down there. <laughs> Those numbers look like NA numbers. Maybe you can yeah, share what we real talked real about real the other real day, real Jasper,
0: numbers. about O2s. We were talking about you know about the differences being off and um, the brands and all that. Yeah,
4: just read your plugs. Always, 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 always read your plugs. Like. Do not trust your sensor to be reading it correctly. Like I think Mark made a comment earlier about being like two whole points off, you Especially know, like when you're going wild on the dyno. Yeah, or yeah. when you're going wild on the dyno <laughs> yeah. with a mini cooper <laughs> or something at Adam's shop. Like <laughs> don't trust the sensor 100 percent Check the plug. Um, Did he get hurt after and that. Then, and then like once you you get to a point like you can figure out what it, even if it is off, you can figure out what it is and then calculate that mm-hmm. into your tunes or whatever. But at first, don't trust that thing with your life. Like trust the plug.
2: Yeah. I was going to kind of throw that in there. If, if you're uh if the O2s are off a little bit and you're reading the plugs and you, you know, you can say, Hey, look, you know, I, the plugs look good at this, but it's saying I'm at, x amount on the on the afr mm-hmm. reading then you know you can use that as a baseline for future reference but yeah obviously when you first start doing it definitely trust the spark plug yep
0: all right well thank you everybody we appreciate all your time um and helping everybody else out and i hope this uh all this information helps you guys if you guys are switching over to methanol just a couple of questions
3: for everybody and the comments jody if we're looking for fuel gravity uh weight and stuff like that where can we find that on the torco fuel
2: so all all the stuff is at torco.com um, we have all the specific gravities the octane numbers um we have a full spec sheet on there you can kind of look at every single fuel that we have on there um and if you have any questions at all don't hesitate to reach out we have a contact on there you can email us direct and we can answer your questions that way as well
3: and, and you also make some type of octane booster for the street more street guys
2: right we do. We have a, it's called our torque or accelerator. It's a, I hate to call it an octane boosters because octane yeah, boosters yeah. don't work. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a, it basically what it is, it's a concentrated formula of our unleaded race fuel. And we're able to put that in a 32 ounce can for guys that are, you know, on the street that are on gas, um, that are boosted, you know, anything that requires premium gas, the accelerator will help. Um, cause it'll, it'll increase the power or I'm sorry, it'll increase the octane. So like guys, you have 93 octane at the pump your way. We could make about 105 octane. <laughs> um off the pump gas with the accelerator so it works very very well for guys that are awesome. know, turning up the boost and and uh it, it'll just protect the thing a little bit better it's an insurance policy <laughs> awesome so yeah, yeah we have everything on, everything on our website torco.com you can check us out again reach out to us if you have any questions and we'd be happy to help
3: and if you need any fuel back east where we're at look me up i got you
2: mark will take care of that one
4: and then real quickly on John Ryan's question, we had no difference in timing between C-16 and E-98. Hmm. And I, I don't really think there is. I think why everyone likes to run E-98 over C's, C-16 or whatever is price. Mm, it's half the price. price.
0: Yeah, definitely right. And with that increase going on. Whew. And
4: then oh, yeah. I also want to say that everybody needs to go get on Max. Um, YouTube channel after this and throw a fit about any crybaby that is complaining about stock firewalls or floors or if I want to put a flux capacitor in my backseat, that's my business.
1: I thought you only got mad about the floors. What? <laughs> I thought you were only upset about the floors. I am. I'll show you real quick. Mine is...
2: I think mine qualifies. How do I switch the camera? There Be a little flip now, button on there. Now is this the Lexan floors we're gonna see? <laughs> yeah,
1: no
3: I didn't see what's next.
1: This is. I
2: thought I picked this, it
1: back.
3: This is the 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 double Wait. frame rail floor you're trying to see.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Look at this. So,
4: <laughs> that's a stock firewall, right?
1: Yep. yep. what's left of it? <laughs> left yeah, left yeah, there you go.
4: But like, my motor isn't placed back, right?
1: Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Hundred percent good.
4: So like, am I cool in a stock firewall class, or am I? I not would say
1: cool? you are. I don't I say you are because it seems to be it's all about the placement of the motor. I think you're good to go, buddy. And then like, I think, that's
4: all like stock frame rail right there.
3: Man, I think is if you're on a and twenty-eight, if you bring it, in it in the on the
4: back. Like I still have stock frame rail all the way from here, all the way on that back half. So like, I feel like the only thing I did is increase my safety a heck ton in here. Yeah. And didn't get any, I mean, don't get me wrong. My motor's up a little bit like my, my crank or camshaft center line or crank center line or whatever's up. Mm -hmm. But I don't really know if that makes that huge a difference when you have 16 inches of travel up front. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I seen him go never in a crank I seen him go through the bushes one time at like 140. I think safety is everything. Yeah, no, yeah I
0: agree really. with that.
3: Yeah, yes, definitely.
1: Well, Adam says it's good.
4: If I uh, Speaking of that, so for the record, Adam has now said I'm legal for everything. Digger die <laughs> don't matter.
1: I'm just showing yeah. up and being like, Adam yeah. said we good. Yeah, yep. apparently, just like Nick, we I, I make the rules for every race we attend. But for the banger, we don't have any rules. So you're all legal there. I <laughs> saw that and I loved it. Yeah. Like I think I'm going to need some. I
4: think I might have even said I care instead. <laughs>
1: it was that important to
4: me.
3: I'm going to need some tips on TikTok videos, Adam, because your TikTok videos are fire, dude. <laughs>
1: Thanks, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm a rookie myself. Nick showed me how to do it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, well,
0: guys, we have our uh, event coming up, um, Devil Chaos. And uh, you guys are looking for a sketchy track and real simple rules, not to worry about any of that crazy stuff. You can have your electronics and all your other stuff. Um, Limpy's going to be on the light. You're definitely going to want to be there Friday night. I can't say nothing more than that. Um, and uh, lots going on, but that's going to be a good time. And some of you may have uh, got some invitations out there coming. But um definitely uh be the place to be. It's gonna be a good time, guys. Um guys are telling me they're going faster there than the to dig or die on that track. So it's definitely gonna be a good time. It's something that's on the bucket list to do, you know? So you guys hope you guys can all make that out. And um, anything else you guys wanna add? You got anything going on, Adam, at all? You wanna?
1: Man, we just thrashed around here trying to get ready for sick week. We're taking a, n- Nick's new car, uh, Uncle Sam, on dr- on sick week, which is basically like a drag week in Florida. And okay. we're 15 days away, and it doesn't have an engine, and it's like 30% Ooh. wired. And so, yeah, we're about ready to go.
0: You're having fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we're slammed in the shop, so it's all good stuff. Just another day in the shit rodeo life we live. We love it.
0: There you go. So, uh, what do you guys do? I know you guys have a shop as well. In case people who don't know about uh, you guys,
1: yeah. So talk? we we build um, street street race cars, race cars, street car stuff like we're like that mix. So um, we do a lot of turbo stuff, a lot of EFI installs. Um, we recently, you know, with the backtrack stuff getting so popular, we've done some chassis stuff there. We've helped guys set up some chassis stuff for backtrack. Um, as Jasper kind of mentioned, we got a hub dyno, so we do plenty of dyno tuning on it, and and just getting our own stuff ready. This time of year, it's, that's like the best tool in the world to have, especially if we got a car that's going to get finished, and we got you know one day to get it on, get it ready to go, and then drive it 1,200 miles and try go sixes. So we'd be able to throw it on the dyno and and get it all dialed in before we leave. But yeah, so we we just uh, that's just kind of we live this we live a race car life where it's all we do every day, all day, and. I
0: just like to have fun with it. Nice.
1: So they will build you a whole entire S10 in a week.
0: I'm in American Customs, okay? It's
2: <laughs> it it
1: $70,000, but we can do it. <laughs> For
0: sure. uh, well, I was going to say, Jasper, now, speaking of that, I mean, I haven't seen anybody put a car together in 72 hours before. So uh, whatever you got going on in that garage right there. <laughs>
4: Yeah, but those guys did it. Like, those were our spirit animals was their crew. (laughs) They're the closest thing to us. They're just a little more polished than we are. Yeah, maybe just the hair. We're we're a little bit more sketchy. (laughs) (laughs) But we we love those guys. We've known Adam for a long time now. Probably, I don't know, a year, year and a half or something. And ever since, we've got with the – man, they're just – they're everything right with racing, so. Yeah so
1: well. Yeah, I think we all we get along so well. I mean, because we're a lot of we are very much the same. we just love doing this stuff. And there's no quit in any of us and whatever it takes to yep. get it done. We just do so.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you, guys. We appreciate you guys. And uh, thanks, Jody for coming on and uh, with yeah, Turco Fuels and, and sharing with us all your knowledge and everybody else. And thanks, MidAmerica and MacTV, for you guys for coming on. Appreciate you, Adam and thanks, Jasper guys. and Mark. We appreciate you guys, and we're back next week for uh, suspension. Am I right, Jasper? Yep.
4: We're going to make right. Jeff Thomas come on.
0: So, Jeff Thomas will be on the show next week, and we'll be talking long travel, 16 inches of travel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you Wrap me. your head oh, around Donald that, everybody. That's all I got to say. <laughs> She named for John Holmes, buddy. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: so, uh, so tune in for us next week. You guys will love it. Uh, we'll talk about chassis and suspension, and you guys don't want to miss that. Definitely be good. Our regular uh, show on Thursdays. We'll be back, and we'll, so we'll see you guys next Thursday. It'll be the next show at seven p.m. Um, you guys can see us on. RPN our, our, our uh, networks on Roku, Amazon, Apple TV, all the TV places everywhere, all the apps on your smart TVs. Uh, more on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on Amazon. So you're going to hear us everywhere, see us. If you guys miss this podcast, you can listen in your car or on your phone um, so you guys can see us everywhere. We're just trying to keep this sport alive. We can only do it with support of all these great people that are here with us right now like Adam and Jasper and um, Jody and Mark, you know, so we appreciate everything and let's uh, keep this going, you know, and stuff the next generation coming up to at the same time, you know. Amen. So lots of love for everybody. Thank you guys for watching and participating. And oh, one more remark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you guys take care. Have a good night. See, y'all See you all later. All right. Take care. You guys. Bye.